Track by track, and today we'll be talking about Moonbeam Levels from the compilation Forever, uh, recorded on the 6th of July 1982 at Sunset Sound, and then uh, re recorded a little bit on the 8th of June 1983 at the Kiowa Trail Home Studio. Released on the 22nd of November 2016, uh, the Forever compilation was the first posthumous release by the Prince Estate. Uh, this track originally was going to feature on Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, but not the Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic that you are thinking about. This was an album from 1989, which included the tracks Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic, without the number two in there. Uh, if I Had a Harem, uh, which is a blues number Prince was playing when he was on tour in 1988, uh, Good Judy Girlfriend, Pink Cashmere, Electric Chair, uh, uh, Am I Without You, uh, God Is Alive, Still Would Stand All Time, obviously... Uh, two of those tracks ended up uh, on... No, one of those tracks, sorry. Still Would Stand All the Time ended up on Graffiti Bridge. Electric Chair obviously ended up on Batman. Pink Cashmere ended up being released as part of the B-Sides. And then the final track of the 1989 configuration of Raven to the Joy Fantastic before Prince abandoned this album completely to go do the Batman soundtrack uh, was Moonbeam Levels. And it had pretty much remained unchanged since 1983, since uh, Prince had gone back and done some extra work to it. Um, and apparently it was also in consideration um, for, uh, you know, release possibly in the early 2000s. Um, Prince had been, you know, there was an online chat during the MPG Music Club and, you know, there were there were kind of things where people were hinting that maybe Moonbeam Levels would come out as part of a membership package. Uh, this had been one of the most bootleg tracks uh, outside of the Black Album. And, you know, people were looking for a decent copy of it, basically. <laughs> and in 2002, there was maybe a hope that it might end up finding its way, um, you know, onto something that would be released. Uh, but, you know... Prince never, you know, kind of gave consent for it to be released. Uh, although he did play it live uh, once uh, in 1983 uh, when he was just, you know, doing like a, a piano medley. And again, on the 26th of August 2013, he played it as part of a piano medley uh, when he did a gig at the New York City Winery. Uh, which uh, I, I mean I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know what that place is, um, but it sounds quite interesting. Um, so Prince never played the song, you know, fully live, and he never wanted it released, from what we can tell. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know, when when releasing a forty-track compilation, that pretty much. I don't know, it's mostly a bunch of edits. Uh, Forever is not like the greatest of compilations uh, because everything is either single versions or edits. So everything is really short. Uh, but I guess value for money, you get 40 tracks on two discs and you get one brand new song, uh, which is, uh, you know, Moonbeam Levels. It is four minutes and six and joining me to talk about today is Martin Sand. Hello, Martin. Hi, Darren. Um, now, in terms of like a genre, I'm not 100% sure where to go with this. It feels like it really fits into the kind of multi-part songs that were kind of, uh, I don't know, 1999 is kind of one of them where it starts off in this one kind of, you know, kind of with the kind of uh, the synth and the key, the kind of the drums. And then it kind of 
changes slightly for the bridge and kind of you know turns into a slightly different song um, and in particular obviously you know 1999 has the you know why does everyone have a bomb as kind of like the outro and moonbeam levels kind of feels like it really fits into that kind of like 1982 1983 feel that prince was going for back then um you know in particular it opens again with a kind of like synth sweep and then you have the drums come in and then prince comes in with like a you know a piano thing and then that kind of you know gradually builds there and then you know you have a little bit of a kind of a uh, bridge um and for the chorus you know you have the kind of um <laughs> i don't know the kind of most nonsensical probably chorus that prince has done in a while where he's like you know please send all your moonbeam levels to me and, you know, he has the kind of like, uh, you know, the, the kind of backing vocals um, kind of underneath that. Um, and uh, and I, I don't know, it's it's like it's a little bit of a kind of odd um, kind of song. And I can kind of almost like it, it does have that feel of Prince in the studio by himself, just kind of like, um, you know, experimenting and trying a few different things. And then by the time he gets to the end of the song, he's kind of like, you know, uh, gone in a few different directions. Uh, but it it doesn't for me, uh, you know. I, I think obviously for a lot of Prince fans, this was a song that they had bootlegged many different ways, and so they were kind of just looking for a, a kind of a clean release of it. Um, but for me, like it doesn't really it doesn't really hold to the same kind of level as as the stuff on the Black Album. Like the Black Album felt a little bit more co cohesive, and you know this f just it does feel like a kind of offcut of something that might have ended up on nineteen ninety nine. Um, on maybe like the second disc um, you know four or five tracks in like it doesn't to me it doesn't really feel like it distinguishes itself as like you know a a song that kind of uh, you know is dying to be released to the world and um, I don't know I have a feeling that most of the stuff that's in the vault is probably more like this than the Black Album <laughs> like the Black Album obviously was a whole project that Prince had in mind and then abandoned Whereas this is just kind of like a single song that really didn't like, I mean, it sat around for six years before Prince even kind of considered it for an album. Um, and he didn't even really consider it for Raven to the Joy Fantastic until the very last minute, uh, because there were like three or four other configurations of that album before Moonbeam Levels found its way to be like the final track. Um, and then obviously Prince abandoned that whole project as well, you know, and even that, that, that kind of like 1988, 1999, uh, sorry, 1989 version of, um, you know, Raven to the Joy Fantastic was just a kind of grab bag of various songs that would kind of find their way onto other projects or had been considered for their albums. Um, so it's it's a it's a kind of a, an odd, I don't know, out of everything that's in the vault, I find it really weird that, you know, someone, um, you know, when deciding to put out this, um, you know, to be honest with you, just a cash in on Prince's death. <laughs> I mean, they waited, you know, six, seven months, but it was still, you know, it was still a cash in. Um, it, it seems weird that this is the song they picked, but I, I mean, I guess they knew the fan base because this was, you know, one of the tracks that a lot of the fan base probably already had a copy of. So, um, you know, it was probably a good way of, of kind of convincing some of the more hardcore fans to buy a compilation that, in all honesty, everyone's probably heard all those other 39 songs a hundred times. <clears throat> As you said, the song um, unofficially had been out for a long time. Um, the... Um, unofficial release that I had um, uh, actually wasn't that bad in terms of quality like I think I think that um, was um, well you can't say it was released but it uh, turned up um, like in the early to mid 2000s maybe 
this um i'm still calling it an unofficial release um that sounds um pretty good a bit flat um you know obviously not um mastered to uh any uh professional standard um but not you know crackly or thin um like a lot of older prince um bootlegs um so it's a song that um you know i guess most prince fans would already have been familiar with as you said um but it's still nice to have it out there in um you know a properly um mixed and cleaned up version um now i mean i don't think like there's a huge amount in the lyrics because it's you know there's uh, the kind of the opening where he's like, yesterday I tried to write a novel, but I didn't know where to begin. So I laid down in the grass trying to feel... <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted to do the key change that he does straight away at the beginning of the song. Um, so I laid down in the grass trying to feel the world turn. Boy loses in a random storm. Nuclear war... Will, sorry, nuclear world war three. And that's left all the pain and sorrow as far as he's concerned. Like that... I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like... It's like Prince trying to write a novel, but then he doesn't know where to begin. It's like, Prince, uh, uh, you know, I don't think novel writing is as hard as you're uh, picturing it to be here. Just, you know, sit down and start writing some words. Uh, but yeah, and then obviously, you know, the kind of uh, the early 80s kind of imagery of a nuclear world war. Um, and then immediately straight into the chorus of, you know, he says, please send all your moonbeam levels to me. Please send all your moonbeam levels to me. I'm looking for a better place to die. And... You know, there's only really kind of, t like, I, I don't know, there's like a kind of, uh, you know, kind of bridge. Uh, I mean, there's a thing about, you know, a nice condo overlooking the rings of Saturn. Maybe he doesn't want affection instead of a plastic life. Uh, kind of this, this I, I don't know, the kind of plastic thing seems like a very 80s kind of motif as well. Um, and maybe he doesn't know what he wants at all. He said, please send me all your moonbeam levels to me. So there's a lot of repetition of please send all your moonbeam levels to me. Um, and then in this bridge, we have, you know, a newborn child knows nothing of destruction, nothing of love and hate. What happens in between is a mystery because we don't give a damn about his fate. He said he'll never keep diaries to learn from his mistakes. Instead, he'll keep repeating all the good things he's done. Fight for perfect love until he's perfect. He makes when he's happy, then his battle will be won. It's never too late. And then, you know, please send all your moonbeam levels to, to me. Um... Uh, and that kind of gets repeated a few times before we, we finish with, you know, he don't, he don't, he don't really want to die, uh, which again gets repeated. And that is, you know, where the song finishes. So, again, like, I, I don't know, the kind of we're never really clear on exactly what moonbeam levels are. And we like Prince insists that, you know, they they all of them are sent to to me. <laughs> and that's pretty much. <laughs> and he's looking for a better place to die. Uh, obviously, you know. This being the first song released after Prince's death, finishing a song with the repetition of he don't really want to die. Uh, I don't know. That seems a little bit kind of odd, but I guess whoever was putting this out was just kind of looking for something easy to kind of take out of the vault and put onto a compilation. Uh, I don't think they were really uh, kind of, uh, I don't know. Maybe they weren't thinking through the, uh, you know, the idea of having Prince saying he don't really want to die. Yeah. You know, song repeated many, many times. Um, Although, of yes. course, that still refers to, um, you know, the guy in his story. Like, we have this. I actually think it's kind of nice how we have this framing device in the song. Like, um, I wanted to write a novel, but I didn't know how to start. So I uh, laid down in the grass and uh, just um, thought about the kernel of a story. And it's about a guy um, and uh, the nuclear end of the world. And... Uh, um, he doesn't want to die like this, and uh, he doesn't actually want to die at all. Um, 
it's um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, <clears throat> obvious expression of um, you know the anxieties of the time. Um, you know, fear of the nuclear end of the world that was pretty common in the 80s. I mean, I think this entire song is expressed a lot better in 1999 just as the, you know, just in the, the part where it's like, Mommy, why does everybody have a bomb? Like that, I feel like that sentiment puts it across a lot quicker than this song does, uh, kind of meandering. Although I got to say, you know, I'm a big fan of Prince from the 80s with his Lindrum and, you know, his kind of layering of vocals and the kind of the production that's going on here. Um, you know, it does kind of take you back to you know, that early 80s Prince feel, um, something which obviously he unsuccessfully attempted to bring back with MPLS sound. Um, and, you know, I just kind of really enjoy what he's doing in terms of the production, but I think that the song is kind of mostly like nonsense lyrics, even though there is this whole, you know, we don't want to die in a nuclear war, which is like, well, no one wants to die in a nuclear war. Like, that's... I don't feel like anyone is ever pro-nuclear war. Like, I don't think there's anyone who's on that... Like, no one's pro, let's kill everybody in a nuclear war. Uh, apart from the craziest of people, uh, sure. But you know, when when you're when you're in it, it uh, could seem that way. You know, and yeah. um, I do think I do think there's a through line in the lyrics. Like um, you absolutely understand what it's about, even though um, the one thing I really cannot parse is um, what a moonbeam level is supposed to be. Um, <laughs> like you might blame it on uh, you know. Uh, my speaking English as a second language, but I also don't think um, it's <laughs> very transparent what this is supposed to mean. Um, maybe he's got some uh, really, really um, uh, complicated building project where precision is of the essence and, you know, a spirit level just won't do. You need uh, moonbeams. <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all in all, the um, I think the story is um, easy enough to get the gist of, and um, I also don't think getting it across quickly was really the point. Like it's more of a, you know, reveling in this uh, kind of uh, pre-cataclysmic anxiety. I mean, I I mean, I guess obviously the what what Prince is mostly going for is kind of like a, a you know a mood. And I think it does really kind of get across the mood of the kind of like, uh, you know, paranoia and um, suspicion of kind of like 1983. I don't know. It just for me, I think, you know, it, I don't, I, by the time I get to the end of the song, I don't th I don't feel like I've really kind of um, I don't know. It's like a nice enough mood and it's a good enough production. But I just don't I don't feel like it kind of I guess maybe it's because it had been like, you know, a bootleg for so long and kind of had a certain kind of mystique that by the time you actually hear the song, you're, it's it's always going to end up being a little bit of a letdown. Um, you know, I feel like there are some people who probably didn't hear the Black Album until like, you know, a decade after it got its official release, you know, and I think they were probably a little bit disappointed with what the Black Album turned out to be. Whereas I think if people were anticipating the Black Album from like 87 through to 94 when it was officially released, I think that was the right level of anticipation. Um, I think, you know, like the build-up of like 30 years or something of anticipation for this particular song, um, having been, you know, bootlegged many times. Even, you know, from 1989, that's just 30 years of anticipation from when it would have been released to like now. Um, I think like, 
people hearing it in in kind of like 2016 would have been a little bit disappointed as what they're hearing because it sounds like uh you know just kind of like another prince track from the early 80s that if it had come out in 83 maybe people would have had like a level of affection for it by the time it you know we got to 2016 um, but I think by the time it comes out and this and not that, but this was put as like the selling point of of this compilation was like, you know, here is a brand new previously unheard song from Prince, um, you know, so soon after his death, here is a new song from Prince. And it turns out to be this song that is, you know, almost 30 years old. And and it's kind of like, well, this is a bit of a disappointment, you know, a song that Prince paid live 20 years apart um and you know it's it's kind of or 30 years apart should i say 83 to 2013 so it's like well i don't know if prince only felt the need to bring it out twice in 30 years uh you know it that kind of shows what prince kind of thought of this song um, and he didn't consider it for any of the other many projects that he had after raven to the joy fantastic in 89 or 99 um you know so he was more than happy to kind of let it sit in the vault um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, there is a very simple story that's being told here. And for me, it is mostly about kind of the atmosphere of like 1982 Prince and kind of the production. And, you know, I think it really does kind of get across the kind of the paranoia of the early 80s. Um, but like you say, Moonbeam Levels is kind of like a it's a phrase that just doesn't make any sense. And he says it so often that, <laughs> that at a certain point, all you can think about in this song is what is he talking about? What are Moonbeam Levels? And I think if it had been released in the 80s, that would have been, you know, part of Prince's mythos. It would have been something that people would have talked about. It would have been something that probably, I don't know, Paisley Park would have put on like a, you know, an enamel pin. You know, you would have had Moonbeam Levels being a thing that all Prince fans kind of talked about. But, you know, coming out so late um, and as like the first thing released after his death, essentially, uh, it just kind of feels really odd and kind of out of place. Um, so I would say for me, I can't I can't really go any more than like a three out of five. Um, you know, it's still it's, I, I, you know, it's still as good as anything that Prince kind of put out in the 80s. But it's just not as I feel like if he'd have if he'd have put this out on an album, he probably would have gone back and done just a little bit more production on it and would have maybe kind of tightened it up a little bit or added some more harmonies or like it just feels like it wouldn't have been a song that he would have left alone um it feels like a song that he probably would have given one more try to um yeah okay well i i would rate the song a little bit higher i would give that maybe a four out of five it's got um you know um <clears throat> a nice kind of um rising and falling tension just musically um uh, uh i also enjoy how it builds and sort of releases you know just to listen to it um as far as the lyrics go um i guess they're pretty straightforward um it's um common anxiety of the time and it's about you know someone trapped um in the worst fear that has come true and um you know begging for release dreaming of release maybe um I don't know. I think that connects with me. But I also, you know, I like listening to, like, the Sisters of Mercy and, uh, you know, talk about nonsense lyrics that are still somehow about the Cold War. So, um, yeah, four out of five for me. Uh, now, obviously, this is the final Prince tra track that I'm going to be reviewing. Uh, I said when I started this that, you know, I need a, an endpoint. And uh, this was the endpoint that I agreed with myself. Um, and I mean, I will be doing a couple of bonus tracks or one bonus track after this. I'm not, I'm not fully decided, but, um, 
I'm not going to be reviewing any posthumous Prince releases at this point. Mm. Um, you know, after this album came out, we've already had, you know, uh, a couple of posthumous releases with the, you know, the extra songs for Purple Rain and, you know, the 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 piano microphone, uh, 1983, uh, which nicely fills in the gap between, you know, 1999 <laughs> and Purple Rain uh, because, you know, Prince didn't release anything in 1983. So that, that handily fills that gap in. But uh, whatever whatever the, you know, the estate put out from this point on, uh, I'm not going to be covering those individual songs, you know, whatever's in the vault. Um, and as Eric Leeds once said, there's probably like 60, 70 albums in there. Um, and that was, I don't know, like two decades ago. <laughs> so there's probably a lot more. We also don't know, like, if, you know, if every song that went into the vault was fully finished or if Prince just kind of started songs. So, I like, whatever, whatever the estate decides to release, um, you know, I'm sure I will listen to it and I'm sure I will enjoy it, but... I'm just not going to be reviewing songs that Prince himself didn't really want released. Uh, even with Moonbeam Levels, Prince had, you know, had made a conscious choice to play it in public a couple of times, but not put it on an album. So, you know, there's a few songs like that where Prince had played them live and I don't know, maybe he gauged the feeling of the crowd and was like, this song doesn't really feel like it needs to be released. Um, and so, you know, that is how I am kind of judging what I, I'm covering. You know, I'm just covering this because... You know, obviously I needed to kind of talk about Prince's death and I feel like this is kind of the best track to address that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Martin, do you remember how you heard about Prince's death? Um, well, yeah, I remember where I was. I was in the car with my mom when they uh, said on the radio, uh, like Prince is in hospital or, um, you know, had to be, you know, rushed off somewhere. And... Um, <clears throat> It didn't, it didn't feel good. Yeah, you could, I mean, it's, 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 um, you can't say you could tell right away something was wrong, but it's, uh, you know, I definitely had the feeling, um, like, oh, um, something serious is happening. And, um, you know, from that point on, um, uh, things happened pretty fast and, um, he was gone soon after. I, I mean, I basically found out on the internet. Like, I think I'd, I don't know, I think I was on Facebook and someone had just basically posted Prince is dead. And, uh, you know, I think a few people have been commenting saying, like, that's that's not correct. Like, <laughs> like, like that doesn't seem correct. Like, something's wrong about that. Um, and then when I, I think I immediately, like, went to Twitter and basically everything was about people tweeting about Prince being dead. Um, and then, you know, it took a few kind of news stories before you kind of realized, oh, no, this is definitely, <laughs> this is definitely happening now. Like Prince is definitely being declared dead. And, um, you know, I think it wasn't until like later in the Thursday, like, you know, kind of like afternoon in America, but even in over here when they kind of Paisley Park confirmed it. Um, and I remember like the first thing I did was just basically aside from, you know, watching all the, you know, the various kind of posts on Facebook talking about Prince was just immediately opened iTunes and just listened to the first Prince album, which alphabetically in iTunes is around the world in a day. Um, and that finishes with, um, I think it finishes with a ladder. And at the end of like, at the end of that Prince has like the whole thing of like, you know, um, I, and temptation. I think temptation is the final track. Actually. I can't remember now. <laughs> and, you know, within one of those songs you have like, you know, the devil saying to Prince, you know, oh, silly man, and like saying, you know, 
basically he says the words now die to Prince and it's like uh, as I was listening to that I was like this was probably a bad choice for me to listen to this album <laughs> because someone's saying to Prince now die um, but yeah I just re- I remember basically I like I, I couldn't bring myself to listen to other so I just basically listened to Around the World in the Day about three or four times through um, and kind of did not move because I was like you know the kind of denial of it being like well this you know maybe he's just very ill and they'll you know They'll tell us soon that actually he's he's not dead, um, and obviously that didn't happen. And it was it, I don't know it was it's very very like to me it's kind of like the fact that I remember it was definitely like a Thursday evening. <laughs> it's like you, I don't need to check what day it was because I just remember it so vividly. And like particularly how like all of social media it was a similar thing with Michael Jackson's death. Like I found out about Michael Jackson's death via like social media, and I think that has just become and earlier in the year I think as well with David Bowie. Uh, I say earlier in the year, I think David Bowie was only about 10, 10 weeks, 11 weeks before Prince. And just like kind of social media kind of informing us about, you know, kind of, uh, you know, famous deaths. That like seems to be like be the way that we kind of find out these days, um, you know. And the weirdest thing is I've, I've like kind of vividly remember um, when Freddie Mercury's death was announced. And he had given a press conference like literally the day before saying that he had AIDS and that he'd been ill for a couple of years, and then literally the next day they announced he was dead, and this kind of felt like that of like you know, you know Prince having the kind of the you know the plane kind of go down over the weekend, and you know the gigs being called off, and like you know the kind of Prince being ill, which is not something that I could ever recall being a thing before that day. Like, not the Prince seemed invulnerable, but certainly he was always touring or he's always promoting or like it felt like his life was you know, always, you know, always kind of doing something. And so the fact that it was like, oh, he's sick, he's called off a couple of gigs, he's going to have to like the weekend off, that really, that felt like something was wrong, you know, there, kind of in a similar way to like when Freddie Mercury, you know, held that press conference and then it's like the next day he was dead. And you're like, oh, something, something kind of felt off from that weekend. So when it was announced later in the week, it's like, I mean, it was kind of related to that, but obviously... Later on, we found out not really related to that, but sort of related to that. So it was kind of, you know, the kind of the announcement of him having the flu over the previous weekend was, you know, maybe a cover story for something different. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just it was a really kind of it was a really weird kind of couple of days. Um, and it took me a few months before I could kind of listen to any of his music again, because I was just kind of like listening to his music just became like, mm. um, you know, very kind of devastating because it was like, you know there's not going to be any more prince music although you know the vault obviously there's hundreds of thousands of songs in the vault so there will be more prince music but it was like there's not going to be any new prince music coming out you know everything that gets released from this point on will be like moonbeam levels it will be an old song even if it's just a song from 2015 it's still it's still going to be old music that's coming out there's not going to be any new prince music and i think that was the hardest thing to kind of face is you know, not just his death, but the fact that, you know, he he was no longer going to be creating and that would be, you know, that wasn't something that he'd chosen. And I don't know, I, I just found it, you know, it was a, a very kind of hard few months after, after you know, his death. Uh, in, just in terms of, you know, hearing anything, you know, that he'd ever created and realising he was not going to make any more new music. Um, you know, that was kind of the hardest thing for me was like, that's the thing, you know, obviously that, that you enjoy about him. Uh, probably to a lesser extent his films uh but you know mostly the music and it's like well there's even if you do get you know 
even if we do get like a hundred albums out of the vault and they keep releasing music for the next, you know, 200 years, it's still not going to be new music. It's just going to be old stuff that's being resurrected. And I think, you know, that was the hardest thing, you know, even even on the night when when he died, you know, there were people coming up to me and saying, oh, but, you know, there's still going to be stuff coming out of the vault. And I was like, yeah, but that's that's all old Prince music. That's yeah. And it's <laughs> all of it's, it's going to be new. Unfinished. Yeah, too. that's that's the thing, you know, it's like he put it in the vault for a reason and, you know, it it's it's not it's not going to be Prince commenting on the music of the day or trying something new or experimenting. It's just going to be stuff that he did before. And I personally don't think there's um, much of a danger of, uh, you know, anything mind blowing coming out of the vault um, like uh you know, maybe there's um, there's a whole lot of um, old demos and stuff, and um, uh, you know, pretty good songs that uh, could have been recorded but weren't for one reason or another or whatever. Um, but you know, my impression is um, that what's still in the vault at that. At this point in time, um, I think it's mostly going to be like, um, you know, um, a lot of his um, jazz improvisations that he would do in the studio or, uh, you know, um, like maybe the beginning of a song, maybe um, maybe just a bass line that he liked and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff um, that, you know, I guess musicians tend to um, save for later. Um, I don't think there's much in there anymore. And as you've said, um, we're not going to get anything new, um, any new Prince songs, like, uh, anything that, you know, reacts to our time, yeah. to our present. And, you know, <clears throat> there were a lot of times where Prince kind of went off in his own direction. Uh, but, you know, whenever he wanted to be commercial, he could always kind of come back with an album. You know, he could always decide to do like a musicology after doing, you know, expectation. <laughs> like, you know, he, he he had the the chance to kind of be like, well, you know, I want to do like a, you know, a jazz album or I want to do like, you know, an entire album using the Lin again. But then he would be like, you know, immediately turn and make a, a you know, a commercially viable album. Um or he would, you know, experiment, you know, he would have a break, you know, he would go from doing stuff like, you know, Batman to kind of introducing the new power generation and kind of going in a completely different direction, um, you know, and I think that that will be what's missing from anything that comes out of the vault is it won't be Prince going in a new direction. It'll just be Prince, you know, between albums or, you know, before an album or, you know, before he decided what songs to cut from an album. You know, we've already kind of had a hint at what the vault is like because we've had Crystal Ball and you know old friends for sale and while there were some good songs on those albums you know there were a lot of songs that did you know like maybe uh, chlorine bacon skin <laughs> you know stuff where it's just prince farting about in the studio and just having fun and it's like well it's it's nice to hear that but uh, you know i want a finished song that has a direction and has a proper idea i don't i don't want kind of half finished thoughts and I feel like that's a lot of what's in the vault is, you know, is half finished thoughts. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to hear what's coming out of the vault. But, you know, this is this is the end of Prince for this project. With his death, there was there is no more real, you know, new Prince music. It's just going to be old stuff that he decided not to release. Um, you know, so I feel like, you know, I said about as much as I possibly can 
at this point, 500 something episodes in, uh, about Moonbeam levels and about prints. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Mark? I don't know, man. Um, just maybe go and listen to Prince. <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can definitely not email me now that this whole thing is pretty much over at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Martin. Thanks for having me. And otherwise, don't forget to send us all your music.